your hair is fucked up. <laughs> hey, go. hey, welcome to Clear, please. Do I look all right to start the show? Oh, hell no. no. That's where we're going. You're live. Um, uh, I'm Ashley Jenkins. I'm Gus. I'm Mika. I'm Ryan. And I want to thank our sponsor for today's episode of Glitch Please, MeUndies, one of my favorite sponsors for our shows, mostly because it means we get an underwear fairy, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Oh. Pet the MeUndies. It's gone now. It's gone. I don't, you, but it's there in spirit. It's fine. We'll, it, it's always awkward. Um, so we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today. Um, we're back for Me 3, uh, first and foremost, so we're, we're back to our we're, set, which we're, is very We're carboni-free. Carboni free. Whew, that was a close one, but we survived. <laughs> Man, I love Carboni. He's, he's awesome. He's, he's a, a he is a like goddamn delight. We don't have delight. a loud enough shirt. On yeah. The set oh shit, we, we failed have, like, him. Can we Carboni shrine? Oh my god, just put up a really horrible uh, shirt in the background. The uh, the colors of our set. Oh, there you go. Oh, 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 the Carboni just, shrine. What if we just get a creepy dummy in the background of every single? What do you episode? think about him? God. Yeah. Carboni, you're a creepy dummy. According <laughs> to Ashley, that's all I heard here. Harsh. Um, so aside from mourning the loss of Carboni, um, well, we're going to run through uh, some of the news that's happened. Um, I'd actually like to take a second now that we have all mostly recovered from E3. I apologize, by the way, to our audio listeners for my voice. I am still recovering from E3. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about something that struck me about E3 uh, this year because it was different. It was open to the public. Um, and... Now I'm wondering who E3 is for, but we'll get to that. Uh, and also, last week, ARMS came out, so we Yay. can talk about that, too. Um, first, though, before we get... just pops in the shot. No, go back Did to you... the other one. <laughs> Boop. Boop. Looks like you're punching Mika. Boop. It works. It works. Boop. Oh, that was Perfect. good. That was really yeah. Good. good timing. <laughs> all right, so first, though, before we get into all that, what have you guys been playing? What are you up to? Battlegrounds. Yeah, you have. I, no, have you I've been, got a problem. You've been running the um, the custom server, though, right? Yeah, uh, um, Adam Baird ran it last night. But yeah, I, I saw I'd, that. I'd been running it a little bit. I finally won a game solo. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. That's a big moment. I was trying to download the file, but it's taking too long, so I don't have it. Uh, well, well, but I, I captured it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll chuck it over this in post. How was you it? Yeah, yeah. All sure. right. So, what was your last moments like? Was it intense, or was it one of those that just the, they died outside? No, no, no. It was it was really intense, but it was the situation where. Nobody knew where I was because I wasn't shooting, so everybody else was kind of engaging each other. So I just had to swoop in and kill who ended up being number three and number two. Because oh, they got both of them. Yeah, because they were faced off against each other. Uh -huh. I picked one off, then had to turn and get the other. Oh, and they had no clue you were there, so you were just right. stealth guns. But they'd been doing your job for well, you by whittling away each other. They've been whittling away each other, and they were stupid. They were kind of randomly, wildly throwing grenades at each other. So I had an idea where more or less they were, and where more or less. Because of like the origin of the grenade and the just like, where it ended up blowing up, right? So like I knew like okay, one's more or less here and one's more or less there, so I just like take one and get the other. Do you think they were too focused on each other to realize oh, there's another player that may right. be stalking us right now? <laughs> right, right. So I, I, I really lucked out. When you get down to three in the small circle, that's you Is just it? gotta. I mean, yeah. if you see somebody, it's that fight's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think one of the best parts about E3 actually was that custom server that we had during the, the gap between the press conferences. That was a good time. Some of those custom game types were ridiculous. Punch fun. only. Yeah. I loved punch only. Punch I also, only was the best. I also loved punch only uh, or melee only when uh, we accidentally set the circle to. <laughs> it was too fast. It was, it, when it decreased four times the speed. I think speed five was too fast. Five was when pretty everyone crazy. just spent the entire match running just for their day. Dashing. Line. And then they end up in this teeny tiny circle just going at each other. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Though. Yeah, it's a good game. It was good. I've been, um, I was laid up sick over the weekend to the point where um, I played very little 
I played a little bit of ARMS, but mostly I just, I had the power to Netflix. Mm. Where you just like, <laughs> put, you put something on the screen and then lay back and then just let yourself be taken away. Vegetate. So, yeah, no, I watched the entire new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, nice. How was it? Uh, uh, Ghost Rider was, was a thing. All but right. I, Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a really cool thing that I quite like where, so it's a 22 episode season, but instead of having one story arc for all 22 episodes, they have these mini story arcs. Mm. So they'll do one thing and they'll basically resolve it and then move on to another arc, resolve it, and then move on to another one. And then they all kind of tie together at the very end, but that it doesn't feel like they're just drawing one thing out it's for more 22 like episodes. Comic book arcs where you just have a yeah. couple issues and then something happens. Yeah, so really liked that for what I was conscious of. <laughs> for what you were conscious of. Yeah. <laughs> poor sick Ashley. <laughs> poor poor sick Ashley. Make it what you've been putting in nature's pocket. Uh, <laughs> first of all, first of all, we have discovered that I was we. talking about a different nature's pocket than everybody thought I was talking about. So Miko <laughs> What did you think that Nature's Pocket was? I've always referred to Nature's Pocket as the phenomenon that I can put stuff in my cleavage. Apparently, Nature's Pocket is universally known as the cooter. The cooter? It, it, it goes like... I think it's, dudes it's can, like, can get away with the Nature's Pocket, too. It's just up the... It's the, just a little the different pocket. The pooter? The pooter and the pooter, yeah. What are, we, what are we doing? You guys got two pockets, and we just got the one. Um, I guess you could maybe roll something up real tight and... Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, maybe we should move on to the news. Nature snake hole. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> I love that guy. That guy you was, love that guy, really? I thought that guy was amazing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. That was, uh, what was that name of that game? Uh, That's the one I always kept forgetting. It was the not Overwatch one. Yeah, it was like a kind of MOBA one. Yeah, all I remember is the character became cloaked and then just killed everyone. Yeah. Because no one could see them. Also right. the shoutcaster. Anyway, thank you. And the sh well, then the guy shoutcast. Yeah, no, he's great. Although I think my favorite person of E3 uh, of the entire show was actually the guy who worked on Mario Plus Rabbids, who was like crying oh. the audience oh. because Miyamoto told him he did a Be good job. Best moment of the show. Easily. It was just. Like, oh. I mean, wouldn't you cry if Miyamoto told you you did a good job on too? a Mario I'm, game? Yeah, I'm, I'm crying right now just picturing it. <laughs> How it must feel to be that guy. <laughs> um, but someone else has. Ample reason to be proud because someone has finally beat the game Threes. Oh, I saw that. I was really excited. Yeah, you, to see you that. played Threes. Yeah, I did right? play Threes. Yeah, so Threes, uh, for those who uh, who never played it, aren't familiar with it, it's a number matching game. It's, it's like really 2048. Yeah, it's yeah, 2048. See, that's what I thought um, it was when I heard the description. Well, I think you you th match two two th numbers that are next to each other. I think Threes was the original one. It was, oh, and it was a paid game, so someone one. made 2048. That's Which like is a yeah. free game. Game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it also might have been an iOS Android thing initially. Okay. But anyway, this game has been out for three. Point three three years, Ooh. and someone has beat threes now. Uh, what we, auspicious timing! It, yeah, it's kind of kind of like a spell was like broken or something. Yeah. Yeah. Might might have been, but uh, yeah. So someone finally matched up. The way you play and, it is and you have to match like we a learned, three with a three. We learned that threes has an ending as well. Right? Nobody yeah. Knew. No one knew that it had an ending. Uh, but so you match two threes, they become a six, and then you have to match that with a six, and then the the numbers will progressively get higher. So the challenge comes in because you can easily fill your board with a bunch of high numbers, and then it's really difficult to get the cards that you have to match to add up to those numbers and so on. So if someone finally got it to one million five hundred ninety-four thousand four hundred fifty. Eight, and it triggered an end game screen, like a you beat the what? game, congratulations screen. This is wow. awesome. 
I think I've never like reached above 300 or something, so this is impressive to me. Right, yeah. The fact that anytime I'd reach triple digits, I'd be like, yeah, good job, me! Right? Yeah, so. They reached seven digits. This is, this is something else. But the other impressive thing about this is if you look at the screen, mm -hmm. their, their whole board isn't filled up. Right. They just had the one insane number, and everything else is like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, it must be, I, I, obviously, I don't know <laughs> that kind of strategy. I'm like you. It's like I, yeah. I, I, I never got very far in that game. So obviously what I was doing was wrong. I always thought my strategy was like move it to the bottom right corner, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing so well. No, apparently not. Apparently the top left. Guess so. You gotta go. The exact opposite. Everything you believe was wrong. I yeah. mean, live with par it. for the course. Deal with it. Oh. Shout out to those guys, though. That's pretty radical. How long was that gameplay? I honestly, I'm not even sure. I, it's got to be hours, right? Oh, oh I'm sure. Of, yeah. Yeah. Like easily. Easily. Absolutely. I mean, think about how long it takes to get into the triple digits. Right. Um, this could be God. a game that's been going on for weeks. I just never closes pause. out the app. Can you just leave it open? I mean, I never played the threes. If you have like apps running and if it's on the phone, right? It's, mm. it's the phone app. If you just yeah, never although close it, it is now available. I think it's available on consoles and stuff as well. Oh, what? Yeah, Ben, do you want to look up look and make sure it's now. available on platforms? Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on Steam or something before. I may have seen mm. it on the Xbox mm. Marketplace. Uh, so it's available elsewhere now, but it's definitely started on mobile, and mobile nah, is mobile beaten. is where they beat it. And I, I mean, it's still late now. Someone's Brian's like, it's dead to me now. Who cares? Party's over. Yeah. It's yeah. available on iOS, Android, Xbox One, and Windows Phone. Okay. So Xbox All right. One. Xbox right. One. So Xbox Today Stories Windows where I Phone still exists. Well, you know, you can't discount that 2% market share or whatever. <laughs> You're being very kind. You, are. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, though, I loved my Windows Phone. Yeah. You used to have one? Yeah, I had one. Well, I mean, I worked for Microsoft, so uh, you'd get in trouble if you didn't Legally have... required to learn. Yeah, I mean, well, you wouldn't get, like, in trouble, but they'd be like, what's that you got? So and then they'd make fun of you. Um, but then they gave me Windows Phone for free, so I'd be like, this is cool. Was it the colorful one with, like, the blocks that you could program Yeah, stuff? so that yeah. was when, when Windows Phone 7 uh, came out. I got Sorry. one of those for free. Hey, get it right. you know, free work phone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to complain too much. And I did like that you could get gamer score on it. I quite like the operating system, uh, especially because they've ironed out a few of the more annoying things, like that you can't change your, you you couldn't initially change your live ID without wiping the phone. Oh. Um, so they've fixed a lot about it. It just never caught on, which is a real shame because I like the way that it works. As, as of February this year, 99.6% of smartphones of new smartphones run Android or iOS. So it's 0.4%. Mm. We're is, very it's, generous. It's sharing it with BlackBerry, I want to point out. Oh, oh wow. wait. <laughs> people still have Blackberries? Oh, yeah. Well, they went Look, out. Some people I, saw one, I saw one like three days ago. Whoa, you saw one in the wild? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people with their Blackberries, though, they've got the typing down, and they can type a typer very fast on that. I just, what next, a Palm Pilot? Are those coming back? They might. They might be part the, uh, of the 0.4%. Q4 2016 market share for Windows Phone was 0.3%. So Ooh. if you ever wonder why games or apps don't come to the Windows Phone, that's probably why. Probably why. Fortunately, 99.6% of smartphone users have access to Pokemon Go still. Oh my goodness, what a lovely segue. Thank you. So big update just came out for Pokemon Go. I know, contain your excitement, contain it. They added raids. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah, it's Anixia. It's gonna be a 40 man. So, um... <laughs> no World of Warcraft players? Am I alone uh, up here? You're you, alone. I mean, uh, oh, ben, ben over there. <laughs> there. <laughs> Initially, I was like, what? The, I, Oryx. Like, if, if you made I a Destiny it, joke, or... No, that's, a, or, that's six. I'm talking 40. Oh, thank God. Oh, right, sorry. My I, bad. I, uh, 
I think there's nothing better could come to a Pokemon game than just a can full of insecticide. So I think that'll take care of all Aww, of them. Oh, very good. Ryan. Yeah. Ryan. But they're so cute with your, your lady what? doodle. I just get to walk around spraying them down, right? Um, and they, so you know, they die, and I exterminate everything in the area, and then no one can gather Pokemon there. It's like, it's like Ryan, getting them off my lawn. Like, there's Pokemon's like, in my yard. Ryan, I feel like you're just trying to be evil and kill her at this point. Is that an option in this game? Can I, can I trap them in a Pokeball and just drop the ball off a cliff? You can beat them up. I can? Sure, or you can trade them for candy. Yeah. Not real candy. Not this real. got worse. This is, I'm just gonna kill them. You're gonna traffic them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a strong believer in Pokemon trafficking. That also, being said, killing my kids doesn't are, have a profit. Trafficking does. That's fair. Uh, my kids are, are doing this basically in the house already, so maybe I should hook, no, no, I don't want to make them more digital already. They're already attached to their fucking tablets. Yeah, but th just think about how the, the kind of bonding that you'll be able to do with them. You'll be able to go on a 20-man raid. You can hook up oh, with all of the other 20 people? Yeah, it's 20 people! There's 20-man raids. Okay, what does it be in person. How does this work? Okay, I get the feeling. I get the feeling. So I, uh, I don't, I only open Pokemon Go every now and again. Mm. I keep getting these notifications on my phone, like, like, hey, it's the springtime, and we're gonna get the grass types, and the flower types are all out. And uh, so I'll open it and go, eh, yeah, nothing near me though, and I'll close it. Mm -hmm. But I think that the people who've been playing it loyally all this time, at this point, if they control a gym, they're they're unstoppable. They're some level 50 son of a bitch with like some crazy ass on steroids Pokemon just like sitting at the top. They're going, huh. And if you don't own a gym and you're not playing every day, you have no chance. You take out until, Roy Dechu. Until, Roy yeah, you like Roy Dechu is going to take you out. But can he take out you and your 19 friends? Is it Roy Dechu, Shrink a Dink? Uh, uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. What else? Uh, Wet towel. No, keep going, Wet keep towel. going. Uh, ass acne. Yeah. yeah. Ew, yeah, gross. Yeah. What other symptoms uh, <laughs> of roids? <laughs> so uh, basically what's happened yeah, there you go. is um yeah, so it's, it's rage. 20, 20 friends, there's a new gym badge for for taking a, a gym with a raid and it has um, like raid specific like stuff that you can get. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm Question. interested to try it out. Here's the problem. I don't know 20 people who are still playing who yeah. are also on yellow team who I can go raiding if with. If I and my 20 friends uh, come rough your gym up who, who gets to keep it? Mm. Uh, presumably whoever's got the toughest motherfucker. It's not like a shared thing? Um, I've, I haven't it actually like managed to go Roy on a raid might just flip that on you and come right back for his stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Niantic's update uh, was a little bit vague in that regard. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what it comes down to. I think potentially what happens is you end up knocking out like you knock out the leader, you take the gym, mm -hmm. and then anyone in your team can put Pokemon in the gym. So like you have to IRL fist fight each yeah, other so yes. for the gym. We have like pretty, a neater group. And you just start knocking phones out of people's <laughs> hands. <laughs> but can you imagine like now you're gonna see people like roaming in packs with their phones and be like, we're on a raid. I feel like this is the start of some kind of millennial musical where there's just two groups. Yeah, exactly. And they're meeting with their phones, only they're not snapping. They're just hitting the button that's making a snapping sound on the phone. No, they're snap there's chatting. Snap they're snap that's how they're, they're snapping. snapping. Yeah. When you're a blue, you're a blue. Oh, all right. Well, that's the future. Great. What's oh, next? Oh, Ryan. Well, um, what's next? Star Wars. Okay. No, I'm, um, I'm reinvested. Okay, cool. <laughs> that was quick. So, uh, Star Wars, the visceral Star Wars project, Skifty 3 again. Mm -hmm. Heard nothing about it. This is the one that's snapped up a ton of talent. Uh, Amy Hennig, uh, who previously worked on Uncharted, is working on it. Um, they've now got Jade Raymond, who was heading up Ubisoft Toronto, 
I think it was Toronto, um, and she worked on Assassin's Creed before that, uh, and they, they just, uh, they just black hold a bunch of talent. There's just this black hole in the universe where no information is coming out. Except Star Wars. Except for some leaks, potentially. Um, so, according to some new potential leaks, and the, the credibility here is questionable, I personally hope they're not that credible, um, because apparently Project Ragtag features a plucky roguish lead named Dodger from Alderaan on the run to get his name off the Alderaan survivors list. More on that in a minute. Interesting. Uh, by working for Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. Well, that's also, real Nazi looking. Yeah. Also, apparently, there's a Alderaan survivors list. Can we just back up and talk about this for that's a second? Super Why Nazi -ish. would they make a list? First of all, well, I mean um, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, well, the first order was kind of Nazi-ish. Yeah. Oh, the Nazi stuff. Yeah. Also, like yeah. a survivors yeah. list that they're rounding oh, up. Oh, gotcha. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of. On the other hand, though, a little Nazi. the point the point of blowing up Alderaan wasn't to destroy every Alderaanian ever. Exactly. It was right. just to, to say, we can blow up your planet, don't yeah. fuck with us. It actually behooves them to have survivors out there mm -hmm. with no home to, like, no home planet to go to. I mean, so I don't know where the survivors list comes from. I don't really like it. I, I kind of took that a different way. That To me, that makes it makes sense if you were a survivor. Like, the a community of people who were Alderanians. Mm -hmm. Alderanians. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, would... You know, I would, I could see them in a post-Alderon destroyed world, forming this list of just like who made it, like who's still alive, who mm. from my yeah. But my this guy wants off it, which yeah. makes it sound like <laughs> listen from the government. Get himself yeah. fucking waxed. Yeah. Is what it sounds like to me. Um, and then so the game supposedly takes place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, uh, and Dodger comes into um, some information about some terrifying truth about the Empire and then has to confront it head-on. What do you want to bet it's about another goddamn Death Star? I mean, it's always about a Death Star. It's always about a fucking Death Star. Yeah. Maybe they had something else. Maybe that was just as, uh, like they had like a couple, you know... What, that they were bad guys? They blew up his planet. Irons in the fire. You know, Maybe. They had a couple different things that we were working on. Maybe Death Star 2 was like the beta plan. The alpha plan was like... Uh, Death Star 1? Death Star 1. Well, okay. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe <laughs> Death Star 2 was like the, the Charlie plan and Death in like the... I don't know, like Planet Super Soaker was, was like number two. Or Star Killer Base. There you go. I think that the reason that there's a survivor list is because the second Death Star is for people. And it only Death Star's uh -huh. people. Uh -huh. So it like... It's like a little laser beam, but it's in uh -huh. space. Right. So that's why they have a list, and that's what the major plan is. I've cracked the code. There's three lasers in every direction. Right? <laughs> you know, if you if you wear tinfoil on your head, the uh -huh. lasers can't track you. That's good. I think we've laser, definitely laser beams out the can't melt tinfoil. <laughs> but can jet fuel melt steel beams? Oh, very good. Mm. Ah. Here's the thing. Uh, the Ancient Empire memes. was all about bureaucracy, right? And if they're going to destroy a planet, they're going to make sure they do it right. They've right. got a list, and they've got to uh -huh. make sure they just... It's just uh -huh. a paperwork thing. They've got to clean the table off. <laughs> all those Alderanians need to go mm -hmm. because they blew up the planet. That's what the paperwork says. Alderan dead. All Alderan's dead. I all, gotcha. Alderan. Alderanians. The, the Durand -Durand? reason that I'm a little bit... Also them. Meh ...about this and why I hope that it's not the game we end up with is because it feels like, one, it's, again, just connecting dots between existing story rather than branching out. I'd really like to see a, a game with the kind of talent on it that it has go out and explore more of the... I mean, the uh, is Star Wars the expanded universe or the extended universe? I think it's extended. No, it's... Uh, is it expanded? Isn't it something else? It's, I it's, always... It's Legends? It, is that it? Oh, well, Legends is the... 
is is what was the expanded okay. universe, and then they that's what they all chucked out. So they chucked all that out, but not everything new that the they expanded create, universe. expanded right. universe. Okay, I always fuck that up. Uh, but this is like their opportunity to start adding into the canon again. Mm-hmm. I want an, oh, I, in, I, in, a, in a way I, that's not just connect the dots in between the linear yeah. in the story that we already know. It could add to okay. the universe. Again. I'm, I'm going to pitch you okay. a game. Okay. okay. Star right, Wars it. game. Okay. Do it's this. it's kind of like City Skyline, where you have to build a factory on Camino to make clones, and you have to manage your clone production and your <laughs> different <laughs> resources to put to produce the proper number of uh, clones for an optimal. Your cl- if you don't put enough resources in, you get kind of like stupid clones that are just like right. bumbling around. Or you and don't then, meet, and then suddenly they meet. just can't aim. Oh, oh. Yeah. See? there we go. Fucking, See, there you go. You're gonna have that one for hundred thousand dollars. You know, it's still so short, guys. When when I worked at Ubisoft, uh, we had there was a DS game. It was Star Wars. It started some Twilight, and uh, we I was working on the marketing team, and they I we pitched an idea that we thought would never get approved by Lucas. We the we wanted to make a Death Star generator. <laughs> <laughs> so we let people like build their own Death Star, and they would have like a certain number of points, uh, and that they could allocate to like different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they wanted to get really crazy, like they could put a theme park on there. And there's like there was a Ferris wheel on the outside of the roller coaster, or on the outside of the Death Star. We thought that would never get through. They totally approved it, and it was awesome. And what? I have no idea where it is now. It, it went That's out on awesome. the internet, and everyone made their Death Stars with their Ferris wheels and their roller coasters and all their. They could, you could paint it in different colors. So Death Star Tycoon. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It was, yeah, it was just a mini, stupid little mini game, and it was awesome. I have no idea how we ever got it approved. I don't know who said yes to that. Someone was sleeping at the approvals <laughs> desk that day, and I'm so grateful because it was a lot of fun. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> it's really it's an app somewhere out there now. Uh, I mean, I, Star Wars games can be fun. It all comes down to... Wasn't there a Star Wars Tiny Towers? Was there? I think you're right. It's really just going to come down less about the story, but make a game that looks enjoyable to play. Yeah. I personally, am, I don't want to go back to Tatooine that much. Right, right. I want to go to a new planet. planet. I want to go tiny somewhere Death new. Star. Tiny, tiny Death Star. Tiny, tiny Death Star. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's okay. Um, yeah, this this one is for mobile. I want to name yeah. it. I want to nurture it. I and yeah, so it's Tiny it. Tower. Okay, cool. Well, surely they've made like a drone. I think that a drone Death, Death Star. Star that can, did did, I mean, uh, did Tiny Death Star get taken yeah, off but, the but App Store I, though? I think it might grow it up token. to be yes. like a like yeah, a okay. Death Star. Oh, like if you take yeah. care so of it. So if anyone has drones. Tiny Death Star, please Doesn't send to me like because I never got to play it. But I wanted to kill things. I mean, we could weaponize one. Okay. I don't know what's going on over there. They put like a I feel like there's a there's a side conversation. Really low. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. Anthem is going to be a ten year journey. Does that sound familiar at all in any way? Um, so EA is saying that Anthem is the start of a 10-year journey, uh, which is, sure is almost like word for word the exact sure same thing that Activision said about Destiny before it launched. And it's not like this is the first comparison to Bungie's new baby. Um, it was like going to be like a revolutionary online action game. It's going to do stuff never before seen in the mm-hmm. genre. Does that sound familiar? Because that describes both games. It also kind of looks like, I mean, Destiny it, does. Uh, there's... Yeah. Um, and also, uh, confu- space and also, it when you make that kind of statement, it introduces a lot of confusion. It did for Destiny as well, because mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they said ten years, thought that that meant Destiny, the first Destiny game OG would one. be yeah. would no be sequel. there and supported for ten years. It doesn't. It means they see it as a ten-year franchise, right? Mm-hmm. It's a universe, yeah. right? So they see it as uh, you know, they they will have ten years worth of games. What a weird statement to make in general, though. It's like. 
Uh, I mean, we get it. Like, it, as a developer, you want your game to last, right? You mm -hmm. want it to have some legs and keep going. You want to make more in the series. But why would you just, okay, one, why say put a number at it at all? It's yeah. like, we're going to make a series that will stand for time. You Not just like, that. It will last 10 years. Yeah. On the 10th year, shut it down. <laughs> Burn it all. I mean, I, we're I, done with it. Maybe they're trying to just give that impression of longevity and they're trying to like like put a number on their investment yeah. so that people are like, okay, well, they believe in this. They're all in on this for a decade. That's a long time to support something. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a, like a big plan. They're obviously backing it. That I can understand and support, but... I mean, if they're not even willing to to back it for longer than a tenth of a century. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like they could suffer from the, you know, overhyping or hyping too soon or promising too much that a lot of games and developers are suffering from these days mm -hmm. by saying 10 years guarantee you're going to have us for that long. It's like, what if it launches and it sucks? Well, it's a little bit for me like, uh, like Final Fantasy 13. It came Whoa. out, no one liked it, and they said... We're doing two more, guys. Everyone's like, Don't we didn't ask for this. It actually sold sold very well. Yeah. Sold very well, which I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm part of the problem. A lot of people one. begrudgingly playing it. Yeah, I, oh, I yeah. got yeah. nothing else. Right. Oh, How I, dare I played you? it, and then I was disappointed, and I kept playing it mm -hmm. because at, by that point, I was like, well, I'm I'm, I'm in it. Let's finish, let's finish finish the fight. Like Andromeda. Uh, Mm. No, I haven't finished that. <laughs> Sorry, one. that was that was triggering. No, yeah. I I have not it's finished HD that wrinkle one. lines. That's uh, some uh, trilinear bump mapping. HD By the way, this pours. is this is definitely just they just made a uh, a set out of the scene from uh, Are you, uh, it's, the it's new Star Wars movie, right? Where they're just out there in the oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. got that vibe. Market, Tatooine yeah. market. So it's Tatooine again, isn't it? It's every, it's everything. Again. She's on Tatooine. Everything is Tatooine. Back to Tatooine. Jakku. Jakku, that's it. The Why other is Wizard of Go back to Jakku. Why? Jakku is just another <laughs> Tatooine. It's a fucking desert planet. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. It, it might as well be the other side. But does it have Womp Rats? I, probably. Sand people? It, it had the guy wearing, riding around on the, the mecha horse thing that's like, he doesn't respect anybody. Yeah, but mecha horses, I mean, if you got a mecha horse, why would you respect anyone else? It's true. It's You're kind of better than everybody else. Also, I mean, he was also trying to take a, a droid, which is... But a cute droid he would probably be best friends with. And by best friends, I mean scrap for money. I feel like he would have sold him yeah. for the yeah. 600 portions yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm very curious. I actually am interested to see more about mm -hmm. Anthem. Mm -hmm. It sounds like they're they're pushing tech, they're pushing hardware. They put their A-team on it. They sacrificed Mass Effect to the gods of Anthem. It better be good it better for be that be, reason yeah. alone. It better be good. Uh, so I'm interested, but I'm very curious they, that they seem to be following, at the moment at least, the very well-treaded PR path of Destiny, mm -hmm. which Destiny's been a huge success, so maybe that's why they figure if we just hit the same notes, we'll get the same sales. Am I right? Pretty sure that's why not how it works. It worked that one time. Yeah. Lightning's very easy to recapture in a bottle. Absolutely. That's what they always say, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the same. Also, that's lightning same. always yeah, strikes twice the in the same yeah. spot. Yeah. In yeah. a bottle. In a bottle, specifically. <laughs> um, right in there. I'm just wondering if they're going to do the stereotypical Bioware romancing options. I'm excited to see if it's also. I imagine. I mean, I feel like every game now has. Right. Well, they I mean, it's like you know, the Bioware game. You're in. You're in I mean, space. If you can't game. bang everything, why are you? Why are you playing? There's a lot of nature. I feel like there should be a fuck a tree option, right? Absolutely, no, no, no. there it's should just, be a fuck a tree option. Right. Can I put my dick in it? Option. Yes, just everything. Do you just walk up to it and there's just automatically an option that's just. Can that would have been a great no. addition to like. Uh, do you remember the old Sierra games where you could like smell, lick, <laughs> put a dick in it, stick a dick in it. 
And finally, the big news. This has actually happened while we were at E3, uh, but we didn't uh, get a chance to cover it until we got back. Uh, Take Two has declared war on GTA mods. Yeah. Uh, so, the, 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 with kind of a progression, so first they shut down Open 4, it's, which is a mod that's been running for like 10 years. It started on GTA 4, uh, more recently GTA 5, and it lets players replace stuff in the single player game, like uh, like scripts or vehicles or models. So you can get all kinds of like crazy havoc. And actually, Rockstar has been pretty supportive of them in the past. They've shared out a lot of the stuff. Oh. Good is that our best uh, good, fuel? Good, good job, Fernhurst! Um, <laughs> And that's all over now because they issued, uh, Rockstar issued a cease and desist, or, or Take Two issued a cease and desist uh, against this mod, so they had to take it down. Uh, and a bunch of people were really upset about it. Uh, they shut down a bunch of other mods as well. And their response when people were really upset was um, unfortunately, Open4 enables recent malicious mods that allow harassment of players and interfere with the GTA online experience for everybody. We're working to figure out how we can continue to support the creative community without negatively impacting our players. And no one is happy with that response because they figure it's kind of bullshit. Uh, and so it's now been review bombed on Steam. Mm -hmm. It's got an overwhelmingly negative uh, score, which I'm sure Rockstar's just quaking in their boots from all the tens of millions of sales they continue to make. Um, but uh, they did, uh, they did also take down some legitimately malicious stuff. Uh, there was uh, Force Hacks, a subscription service that enabled hacks that it, that specifically they were made to imbalance the multiplayer, like to cheat. Um, and they required the the service the super, the guys running the subscription service to donate all of the funds to charity. Mm -hmm. So and that's apologize. cool mm -hmm. and apologize. So that's <laughs> cool at least. But uh, overall, a lot like mods have kept GTA 4 alive for a very long time, mm -hmm. and it's weird for them to disable them now. Yeah, I saw that people well, were going after GTA 5 on Steam, giving it negative reviews which sucks as a result of that. It's again, remember, it's a Rockstar game. Take Two's the publisher, right? Right. So you're. So I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the Steam page for Grand Theft Auto right now. Grand Theft Auto 5. Oh boy. And overwhelmingly user negative. reviews recent are overwhelmingly negative, and overall they've moved it to mixed. Right. Ooh. So it's what? like it's. But here, yeah. The the recent reviews that have taken it to overwhelmingly negative, there are. About 50,000 50, of them. And their overall reviews are 240,000. So they've Here's had like 20% of them. What sucks Jesus. is, so what happened with this situation, at least as far as I can tell, is if this had happened in a world where microtransactions didn't exist in the multiplayer, people probably would have been a lot more positive about this. It's like, all right, you have nothing to, to gain from this other than protecting the online community, but that's not the perception that people have. The perception that people have is, because you sell shark cards and a lot of these malicious mods are people just handing out free money, mm -hmm. you're really protecting your ecosystem and that's what we don't like. And you're not being honest about that. Yeah, I mean, that's that could be part of it too. I mean, I, I'm a little torn on it. Like there's the, the multiplayer for people who have to, and this is, I come from a skewed perspective because in the industry that I work in, we have to buy money to, to make content. I mean, we do buy it, like we don't get it. So we have to spend our budget to, to get the money. Ryan, you gotta spend money to make money. Well, you do, and we and so it's not really a thing for us. It's like, all right, well, we gotta make the video, spend the money. It, mm -hmm. It's not 
something I have to agonize over because it's company money anyway. But for everybody else, they have to earn that money. They have to actually do things, and it's it's a slow grind to get a lot of the stuff. Like, there's so many new toys that they add to that, and there's not a lot of ways to make good money quickly. Other than uh, hacking. Other, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you I mean, can hack it in or run into a hacker. I well, mean, the, and it's to the point, too, where people are willing to pay a subscription service to a third party. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to get that leg up. They'd rather pay, like, $4 a, a month than $100 for virtual currency. The problem is the same thing that allows that also allows people to really ruin your online experience, though. Right. Because the same people that can hack money in can also become invulnerable. They can teleport to your position. They can take control of your character and force it to start doing things you don't want it to do. It opens up a lot sure, of other sure malicious blame, things. Sure, blame the takeovers, Ryan, on your terrible, terrible actions. I mean, look, I choose to do things freely. That's <laughs> Can't they also, like, boot you from the game and, like, I'm not even entirely sure the whole list of things yeah. they can do, but it's 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 a problem. And if you run into that person online, it it really makes being online pointless. Uh, if that person decides to be malicious, so how do they shut down one without the other? Maybe if they're like willing to let the money thing go under the table, but how how do you selectively get rid of? It's like all right, we're gonna. And the other thing that I saw kind of a common thread there was they're like, why don't you just fix your broken game? Well, Maybe more complicated than that. Yeah. They are fixing their broken game. They're shutting down that avenue yeah, of people coming in. Although it does kind of suck for the single-player mods because people were just putting Spider-Man suits on. Yeah, Funhouse had a bunch of. Yeah, uh, we had like they had a whole mod. Yeah. Like there's an entire gameplay. series. Yeah, of just based GTA on that. mods because there are so many ridiculous, fun, loopy mods out there, and it sucks to see a lot of those shut down. Especially, it in, it's kind of weird to to go to shut them down for GTA 4 as well because mm-hmm. it's not like GTA 4 had. GTA Online to worry about. I mean, they shut down the tool. So the tool... It was that, for both games. I mean, yeah, I guess it just allowed yeah, uh, things to be added to both. And at this point, they're probably looking at GTA 4, and it's reaching pretty much end of life cycle. I mean, there's still people doing stuff for it, but it's nowhere near what it once, you, once was. So it was probably worth the sacrifice to them. They're probably watching that curve of usage on 4 start to tail down like all right at this point we can probably do this and get away with it yeah i just i kind of think that it it throws into relief the the downsides of the gta setup of the way they've mixed uh the single player and the online worlds in the if you can't even mod the single player without also then impacting the impacting gta online that's a problem Mm -hmm. i mean it's that is one of the things i still think is a totally valid complaint about GTA 5. The single player experience is great, it's fun, <clears throat> but the way they've monetized the, the online experience is very problematic for people that uh, can't afford to invest more money into it. Because it's there's they, they keep adding a lot of really awesome stuff, but it requires a lot of in-game currency and it's hard to get. Yeah, mind you, a shout out to Rockstar in that all of the content updates they've done for GTA Online have been for free. Yes. yes. So they, they've added a ton of stuff that to that how game they're paying for without it. without charging for it. And they they do fund a lot of that through the microtransactions they have available. So that I understand and I actually mm-hmm. think it's a, a solid implementation. Like it's a good way to go about it. I just I don't like them shutting down the creativity in single player because yeah. they can't they can't separate it out from the multiplayer. I mean the the other side of that too is the if people going why don't you just fix this? Why don't you just patch it out and, and block certain things or whatever you choose to block? And I think the problem that lies there is 
just like with any kind of copy protection, you can't stop people from modding things in. The only way, your best option is to go to the people who are putting the mods in and incent them not to do it, rather than just patching out, all right, I'm going to block this, and then they just code around that, and you mm -hmm. block this. It's just a, a never-ending fight. It's an arms so, race. Right. So yeah. paid, paid mods is what Ryan is suggesting, is all I'm hearing. Paid mods? God, no. Incentivizing mod creators? I mean, what what they're doing with their online community, as Ashley said, is amazing in that they're giving this stuff away for free, but there's not the community linkage necessarily between how that funding model works, that it's free DLC because it's subsidized by the in-game currency rather than by charging you for, like, the Gunrunner update. That's a huge update. How does that stuff get made? You have to pay people to make that thing. Right. But it's by selling in-game currency, but in, that's the two are not so closely linked in how you get the content, and how you pay for the content that people feel like, like, like pe they're... People don't draw the line themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people know, but that's it doesn't feel the same. If you're like, I want that content, I purchase that content, uh, that feels like a direct, I choose to get that content by giving you money. If it's there's an online ecosystem where it's all driven by money and you've added stuff to the game and I can't get that without grinding out this money in game, though also there's a way I could just shortcut it. That's a very different linkage. It's kind of like the, you gave me this content, I can't access it, I feel like I'm owed it's it. It's there. It's there, it's uh -huh. for me, mm -hmm. you put it in front of me, I'm gonna find a way to get it, rather than I want this DLC so I will take my money, purchase it, and now it is mine. Yeah. It's rough. I mean, it's a, it's a really smart model, but it is also difficult to convince people that that's how it should work. Yeah. 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 It makes me worry a little bit about what they may have planned for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yes. Mm. Um, if they're planning on having um, a single player and a very integrated sort of multiplayer, again, uh, like, I, I like the idea of having weird, crazy mods and everything, and if that's going to be completely shut down. I mean, mind you, they did a great job of doing crazy stuff themselves with Red Dead Redemption, like the Undead Nightmare <laughs> was, Nightmare, yep. uh, it remains one of the best, if not the best uh, DLCs of all time. Yeah, no, great single player story expansion, everything. Yeah, yeah we'll good. never see another single player story expansion yeah. from a Rockstar game ever again. Nope. Yeah, I, man, I wish they would at least talk about that little elephant in the room. Like, are, are, are they gonna do it ever at any it point? It sounds like GTA they 5 ever may not. No, no they, they've not released once, right? no single-player yeah. uh, content, no, no, no single-player like story stuff mm -hmm. for GTA V. It's just been online for years. I mean, to be fair, they, they released a game, all the online stuff has been free, and the, the GTA V story is, it's big, it has a complete campaign, I mean, it, it feels like a finished product. I don't feel like I'm missing a chunk where there's like, you know, I could really use some more. Yeah, but I, right there. I, I really true. wish I, I could have gone more. back and revisited that I want, world right. and done more. But I don't exactly. feel like I was cheated out of it. When no, I finished I feel GTA like 5, DLC doesn't have to be wrapping up loose ends. It's just if you I like know, the world, you want to go back yeah. to it. When well, I finished also, GTA 5, I thought, sorry to interrupt you. No, no. I thought I was really happy with this story experience. I can't wait to see what they're going to add on, and I can't wait to come back and continue it. And I put it down thinking, I'll be back soon, and I just haven't. Yeah. yeah. Right. And also, uh, for Rockstar and for GTA in particular, it's not always about filling in gaps or um, you know tying some of the loose ends together that they may not have addressed in the initial campaign. Mm -hmm. It's about entirely new stories. Like the Ballad of Gay Tony was so good. Yeah, was so good. It was <coughs> arguably <coughs> potentially better than the GTA 4 uh, yeah, campaign. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and then they also had um, 
also good, not as good as Ballad of Grey Tony, but there was the Lost and the Damned. There, you know, these single player um, new stories that they're able to tell in the same world. And I was very much looking forward to seeing what they would come up with for GTA 5. And then they figured that instead of doing that, they would make a bunch of cool new hats and cars and guns for GTA Online because that's where people will continue to spend more money on a on a microtransaction basis rather than shelling out an additional 20 bucks for the expansion. Yeah. It's a great exchange right. rate. You can buy, spend a couple of bucks for millions of dollars in game. It's yeah. true. <laughs> it's true. My brain lit up for a second though when you talk about that because it just occurred to me that we might get like heists and train robberies and stuff in Red Dead. Oh. oh. Interesting. That would be really That'd fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. Imagine I'm like, down. like old, old West like stagecoach yeah, robberies. Exactly and you have to jump I'm off like. a horse onto a train. Oh. I want to do that. I want to jump off a horse onto a train. Give me all of that. One of my favorite moments in Red Dead Redemption was coming across a girl just tied to the tracks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you, yeah, all right, I'll help you, honey. <laughs> it was a good time. It was a good time. But um, you know what I, what kind of DLC I'd really like to see hmm. is really sweet underwear <gasps> to reflect <laughs> the sweet underwear that you can have in real life. Because our new sponsor is Me Undies, <laughs> the softest underwear you'll ever wear, and that is it is true. They're really nice. They're one of those products you just have to experience for yourself. I could tell you all about them all day long, but feeling is believing. Every pair of MeUndies is sustainably sourced and made from Micromodal, a fabric that's three times softer than cotton if you're used to buying boring, stupid underwear that's just like black and plain or whatever. Uh, MeUndies will change everything because MeUndies come in all kinds of colors and patterns and they release new limited edition patterns each month that always sell out. This month's patterns were designed by the legendary 80s clothing brand Cross Colors with names that live up to their bold design and bright colors including increased DP yeah, dig and the OG and I kind of feel like our set is very like representative oh. of that overall theme um, <laughs> You've got to see them for yourself and right now you'll save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com slash glitch There's a reason MeUndies has sold over 5 million pairs to date You'll feel it when you put them on and if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free Get 20% off your first pair, plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash glitch. That's MeUndies.com slash glitch. MeUndies have completely taken over my underwear wardrobe, really? if that's a mm. thing. Do you have, can you call it, is it my under, sure. under wardrobe? Under wardrobe. Uh, personal recommendations, I like the bikini cut. The thong's quite nice. Mm -hmm. um, I have a bunch of the boy cuts, but I think, I think the bikini cut is probably my very, very favorite. And I love the patterns. I also love that we get an underwear fairy. Yeah, no, the underwear fairy is great. And I, also, I love how the, the thong make my cheeks look. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, stick, like, I stick with boxer lift, briefs. Lift, lift and separate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, really keeps everything in nature's pocket. Uh, so, do you, what happens when the uh, when the underwear fairy comes through the achievement hunter office? How does that work? Oh, it's like a feeding frenzy. But <laughs> you guys will just like tear at the underwear and rip. Track. The main thing is just sorting through to figure out the which one of them is the uh, the one for Lindsay. It's like, all right, no, nope, nope. All right, there, that one put that on the side. All right, these are all ours. Yeah, and, and for those uh, who have never heard of the underwear fairy, you're not alone. Uh, we, me and these actually sends a bunch of underwear to the office, and then uh, one of the girls from sales will just come around and just like start handing out underwear. <laughs> I just love what, to walk in the office, like hand me a pair of underwear and then walk out. And I'm like, yes. My day is so much better now. <laughs> Your what is so much better? My day. Oh, okay. It did sound like she said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? It sounded real close to dick. 
My dick is so much better now. <laughs> uh, well, you know what else is a lot like a feeding frenzy? What? E3. Oh, it is. So we have oh, something. This year especially. Yeah, so I'm going to call this our E3 cap. Mm. Um, but it's a, yeah, thank you, thank you. But um, something very specific to talk about in regards to E3. Mm -hmm. oh, kind of <laughs> it's a dab in the pan. That was absolutely dab and pandas. Um, so E3 is over for another year. We've survived mostly. Mostly we've survived. I got laid out flat. Mm. So E3 wrapped up on Thursday. I spent all of Friday sleeping. Uh, and then got on my plane home and spent all Saturday in bed. And then Sunday, my fever kicked in. Ooh. So I had a fever for three, like, con flu is a very real thing. If you ever go to a convention, there are a couple very simple rules to follow. Don't shake hands. Be, um, be, uh, like, be like Gus. Yeah, be don't shake like hands. Gus, just or just be antisocial. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't shake hands. Don't get in the ball. Um, Carry hand sanitizer and use it religiously. Don't get in the ball pit. Mm -hmm. uh, Don't touch even, your face. Even though, how long did uh, DashCon give you? They said you could have like what, 15 minutes, in, 15 minutes, 15 minutes in the ball it pit. It depended how upset you were. Aww. Oh seriously? Yeah, it was, so a, it was an escalating crying. scale. You could get like ball pit a full time. 30 minutes. Yes. Do we have a ball pit at RTX? No, that's gross. Good. Um, so uh, yeah, it's don't touch any, don't touch anyone. No shaking hands, uh, and use hand sanitizer religiously mm -hmm. and also then don't put don't touch your mouth don't put anything to your mouth with your hands yeah. i broke like every one of those rules i and and i paid you for should it. know better yeah so i'm i'm only just starting to recover uh but this was a really weird e3 um i loved our stream i loved seeing all the games come through i thought that was really awesome but something was really different this year uh and it showed, and this is the first year that it has also been a public event where they sold, I think it was 15,000 tickets to the public. Yes. Uh, and I believe this is ESA's way of trying to increase their revenue for the event mm -hmm. because it's a very, very expensive event to put on. The, the sheer cost of booth space is astronomical. Just insane. I don't even want to know. YouTube actually hooked us up with our space, but um, last year we were in a space that was like it was like 500 square feet maybe, and it would have cost something like $36,000 to just rent that space for the event. Yeah. It's, a lot, it's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars, and that's not including. And it wasn't on the floor. It wasn't no. on the floor. Um, it was in like temporary meeting rooms and uh, that it didn't even come with it comes with nothing when you rent that space it comes with the space like maybe a table in it it doesn't come with power you pay extra for power you pay extra for internet and you pay by the megabit mm -hmm. That's insane. and it's uh it's just extraordinarily expensive so i can see why they're trying to make up revenue because publishers are leaving mm -hmm. ea no longer has a presence on the floor uh, they, they do now, their EA Play. They now have their EA Play event, which takes place conveniently at the same time, and it's free, and people can go to it, but they do it off-site because it's going to be a lot cheaper for them. Mm -hmm. and, and way off-site. It was way off-site. Oh, it was really? in Hollywood. It was up in Hollywood. It was at yeah. the Palladium. Oh, my God. And yeah. uh, Devolver had that space, like, right across the street. They were across the street, the street yeah. Like, literally across the street in a parking lot. They're they like, set up their stuff. Well, that's what EA did last year. anti-E3 sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I, remember, I, I guess, I don't know 
haven't been to E3 before, but it used to be before they started building all those condos there that like um, GOG used to always set up over there, mm -hmm. or like the, like the indie publishers uh, would set up in that parking lot. And now they have Indiecade inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, there, a lot of publishers are leaving because there's been a shift in the industry in recent years. Uh, it's a lot of publishers, a lot of developers are going more and more directly to consumers. Uh, rather than uh, going through media as the gatekeepers. And so uh, all of the press conferences are streamed to people and they would rather get consumers out demoing the games uh, and they'd rather get YouTubers and Twitch streamers. Like EA Play had an entire area set up where streamers and YouTubers could capture their gameplay. They had editing bays on site at there and then you could upload your stuff mm -hmm. or just stream it live from the event. And they were focusing on that way more than traditional media because they can reach a wider audience through influencers than they can, you know, and they can also that way like control some of the factors a little bit more and like influence the way that story is told, I suppose. Um, but as a result of publishers doing this, obviously EA, e ESA is going to see their revenue go down. So they make it up by adding these public tickets. And that changes the event quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And you, it starts to, like, it, I kind of felt like it was a weird loss of identity this year. Well, I think that all they did was turn on sales for the public without thinking about how it impacts the design and the flow of the show. I agree so, completely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people who built the booths and publishers who showed up are used to dealing with industry and media, and they did not create any experiences for public which is a, a very different thing. Right, and, and so there are a lot of people who, like the, so the public would, they would pay their tickets, mm -hmm. they, they, they'd buy them, they'd get themselves to LA, they'd go to this event, they're super excited about it, they get in line, wait for a game, and then watch uh, journalists swam by for an appointment, mm -hmm. and then they were upset too, so they also had negative experiences. Right, and I, I read a, a really good article, uh, Greg Miller retweeted this the other day, uh, Disconnected Gamers had a long write-up about their experience, and I mean, the the, the divides was immediate, and you could tell. Like the second I walked up, I knew this was going to happen because every public person had like this neon green yep. badge, mm -hmm. and they stood out mm -hmm. from every other badge type. It's like, oh well, they're obviously doing that, so you can easily identify them. They're going to be, they're going to be shit on. Uh, honestly, right. people are going to look down on that It'll be, and going to assess gonna them be, and be like, oh, I don't need to waste time with this person. Yeah, they'll be shunted off to the side in favor of someone who is work, who's in the industry, a journalist or media or another exhibitor or a business partner or something because that is the purpose of the event. That's yeah. what the E3 has always been, has been a trade show where the different arms of the industry come together. And so this was, it, this allowed, a, you know, public gamers in and then and took all the money from them and then made them second-class citizens. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I mean, even wearing an exhibitor badge, like when you approach, when I would approach a booth, I still get sized up. Like people look at my badge and since we were doing the YouTube coverage, it says Google, right? And I talk mm -hmm. to someone like, oh, you're with Google. Okay. And then I'd be like, well, no, no, I'm not. Let me tell you who I'm with. Like, I mean, th th there's, a, there's a method to these discussions and mm -hmm. it's a very B2B focused event that just threw consumers in without any thought and didn't warn consumers that, hey, it's it's not like most other public events that you attend. Also, the right. setup was the exact same as last year. Like it, all the booth it, All the booth setups were, com it looked like nothing changed other than there were 15,000 neon badges roaming around. And I saw people shoving and pushing and like trying to get to demos because there are 
thousands of more bodies that don't haven't been to E3 before, don't know how it works, don't know what's going on, and no one explained anything to them. Like I had some friends who actually went general admission. Just, here's your shitty badge. Welcome. Pretty much. Have and, fun. And they were like, I paid five hundred dollars to stand in line for five hours, play a game, and leave. Yeah, like because no one told me how to do it. No one told me what an appointment was. No one. They just got their badge and were let loose, yeah. and it was just a traumatic experience for a bunch of people, apparently, which sucks. Yeah, and I think, uh, and to speak to that, like I think that every day, just to give an example, I think every day the Destiny 2 on PC line filled mm -hmm. up three minutes after the doors opened. Yep. So that meant <clears throat> someone ran to that booth and then spent their entire day at E3 waiting in one line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happened with uh, Super Mario Odyssey 2, I believe. In fact, the uh, the lines on that got capped before the show opened. Really? I didn't hear that. That's crazy. Yeah, some people because could get then, on the floor early. Was that the line right. that was out the door? or? I think so. And that, like, it filled up with, uh, with exhibitors or with media who didn't have appointments who wanted to see it, and they would have to line up there before they let the public in. And then it was capped for the day. Or maybe maybe not for the day, but it was like it was capped. A lot of them had like rotating caps. Where By it's the like, time yeah. back in an hour, and we'll have another group line starting up. But I yeah, would, the the lines would like wrap. I mean, there's some pretty serious booth sizes too, but they would be wrapped around multiple times. Yeah, and they just they didn't have the line management in place to deal with 15,000 additional attendees who were there specifically to get with the with the idea of getting hands on every game they could. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, there were some booths like. Uh, was it Take Two had a booth technically, as in they had space on the floor? <laughs> it was a, it was a fortress. It was a wall. Yeah, it was off. a very interesting little like compound. I mean, it even had like wood paneling and like water running down the outside. Yeah, like so, like don't you wish you could come in? Very we, private. We, yeah. we have armed guards and dogs stay out. <laughs> I'm not opposed to you know consumers being at the show. I think that like again, I think it was handled very poorly this year. And I think that it ne the show needs to be fundamentally redesigned if they're going to continue down this path. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that E3 has traditionally been an industry event and should remain that way. If they want to go consumer, that's fine. They just need to stop doing what they're doing. They need to do it right. They need to rethink all of this. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that... Uh, so Gamescom, for example, is a huge event and does hundreds of thousands of attendees. They do something that's interesting, though, where they have, uh, one, I think they have specific areas where there's, like, a, a public area, and then there are some more, there's, like, meeting rooms that are set aside that are a little bit more sane. But they also have media days, mm. like, industry days, mm -hmm. and then they open it up to the public. So if E3 wants to do that instead, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a four-day event, and it's two days media, two days public. But how much does it multiply the costs to extend E3 by another day? Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk to EA, who decided to pull it forward a day and have their press conference on Saturday. <laughs> How dare they? Ugh. But Or maybe do something like ticketed. Like, I feel like the problem with the general admission was line management and ex expectation management. Maybe for the general public, you have, like, tickets that you purchase or wait in line for in a virtual line. So it's like, I know I yeah. can play Destiny. Fast pass. Like, fast passes. Yeah, I like, think the, the only one I saw like was that. the Sony booth. Yes. Where you could set up appointment on your phone. That, that was you... sold out the first day, though. Yeah, well, I mean, but that, they, that, they, that, but they had as they go. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's it was, there was rotating. There was, oh, okay. like, you had, they, they didn't just open it at the beginning and it was done. Oh, okay. It was like, uh, you would have further chances throughout the day. And again, that's just a factor of the size of the show. I mean, mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to get to see everything. True, true, true. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just the, the hard reality of it.
But yeah. if it's possible, Sony did do it with VR. Like I remember, because I, I wanted to play the VR Noctis fishing, and they mm -hmm. were like, "You have to book an appointment on the phone." Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're if you're doing that, why can't everybody do that? And just I just I felt bad for all the little neon badges running around like I didn't get to do anything, and I paid five hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's not yeah. not a great. That's experience. not fun for you. I'm sorry. I mean, part of that is too. You gotta and and one of the most interesting parts of E3 is, to me at least, is not the stuff that's happening in the big booths, because you, you already know about all that. It's all the stuff that's in the back and to the sides, and there's all kinds of little things, littler booths, where one, you can just walk right up to them and start doing something. Uh, a lot of the, the interactive experiences, the lines were like much, much shorter. I mean, you wait maybe five, ten minutes and you could get through to them. It's just that if you want to go see Mario, that's just, it's Mario. You're going to spend a Mario yeah. amount of time in life. There's tens of thousands of other people who also yes. want to see Mario. Mm -hmm. uh, but there were several other things. The Indicate was great. There's mm -hmm. all kinds of little stuff that you can go see. And that's where the the more cutting... I saw like a haptic glove mm -hmm. uh, that they were working on for, for VR experiences. We saw some wireless mm -hmm. uh, Vive adapters, though we couldn't convince them to talk to us. They, they, they were interested in talking to people to help them bring it to market, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, very industry it's show. Like a, consu a consumer's not going to be interested in that. Yeah. So they, they, I, like I said, I talked to one guy named John that told me to talk to a guy named Andy that did their <laughs> So Andy at direct. I took a photo. I took a photo. Hold on. Brad's trying to uh, no, network yeah. I mean, it, was, glitch, it looked please. like it was, you would like it. It had little antenna. Or like little, <gasps> I little, would little, like it. It had little ears. It had little fins that were the antenna. Display link. Display Until, link XR. That's Until it. Which is odd. Years, I don't think we've reached I'm sure you could put VR. stickers on it. It was display link XR, which is an odd choice to call something XR when it's for VR. You Maybe, know. I guess that's... It like extends your reality. I guess. Ooh, there you go. It but when like can I get twitchy cat ears? <laughs> no, we, could, we could just put those on. No problem. All we'll 3D right. print you. <laughs> All right. uh, but hey, yeah, uh, Andy for Display Link XR, if you want to send this one. But it was... They were like, yeah, uh, one of the guys over there just built this one for the show. Like, it's... There was no production model or anything. They were just, like, slapping just them together. Just prototypes? Yeah. Slapping them together. And it was so, working. I mean, I watched I, I, I stood there and watched it for a but while. But it, it was frustrating. I, like, I talked to one guy there. I was like, what kind of latency do you have with this, with this thing? He goes, none to low. I was like, what okay, is that? Well, none is impossible. Do you, have, do you have a number? I mean, well, if I look at their website, I see it's three to five milliseconds. Yeah. Like, why didn't? Why, why couldn't he tell me that? <laughs> he didn't know. It's weird. So, so a lot of things you, you've been saying, Ashley, about like ways that E3 could evolve. Um, Polygon had a really interesting article come out this morning where they interviewed a lot of like people that the public that showed up to the show, media, uh, the industry, and the like. Um, and kind of a lot that came out of it were a lot of what you were saying, where you have a day where it's just media and press that can come in and try things, and then the public can roll in and try things out. Uh, but I guess one of the issues is that the ESA has a contract in place with the Los Angeles Convention Center through 2020 that doesn't really allow them to expand for the current location that they have. And on top of that, the venue is so booked that under the current contract, E3 can't switch its dates or even add on to them. Wow. So through 2020, so it's going to be a packed. Having organized an event or two in my day, I can tell you that that is entirely true. That's very common. You know, normally event space is booked out five or more years in advance and moving dates or adding dates is usually impossible it's it's tough yeah well and also there yeah. there isn't the additional complication uh that the booths that are built are extravagant yes. and they take like they take an entire week to construct so they actually have the convention center for the entire week leading up and then a couple days afterwards because that's how long it's going to take to get everything in and get it back out. That's also one of the most fun times to walk through if you can get in, but to walk around with the, and look at all the 
the booths going up. I love seeing them go up. I also love being in the in one of the halls when it hits uh, with 5 p.m. on Thursday, and the, the so like there's the the lights go up, the ugly lights go on. They they just slowly push everyone out, and then the walls all drop, mm -hmm. and you just see like the the beautiful carnival of illusion that is E3 just. Just it just deflates. It's like the last day of school. Everyone just takes their papers and throws it yeah. and runs out. But you also get to see those secret meeting rooms that you're not allowed into, That's like true. the triple walled. Like you only have to have an appointment with an appointment with an appointment to get into them. I like, think I've next year I want to bring a grappling hook to get to all those sweet second floors they've built mm. in the booth. Oh, yeah, the second floors. A grappling hook? Well, we used to have two, but what? I don't want to talk about what happened in the first one. What? Yeah. What'd you do? What happened on the first one? What what I didn't do it. I wasn't there. It's on the top of stage five. All right. It's I don't want to. Is I'm, it actually? It may really? have punched a couple holes in the roof that John Mace had to. I was not present for that. I will. Was not that, that I would have stopped. Was it. that? I would in, have been the first up the wall. Was that in what is now the no room or? Uh, no, I think it was. It's by the back corner. Okay. Who keeps giving you things to damage things? The internet. All right. The internet gives them. Um, I don't want to end on a low note, though. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like we, we did spend a fair amount of time complaining about E3, and we're, we're actually very, very fortunate in our setup. You know, we had a, a spacious area. Mm -hmm. The developers came to us for a three-day live stream. YouTube took wonderful care of us, like getting us that space um, and promoting our show and feeding us. Feeding us. We had catering. Yeah. We had bagels and not nearly enough sandwiches. But they, were there. Uh, they were there. They were there. We had coffee every day mm -hmm. and sodas. Mm -hmm. um, so we're actually very, very fortunate in our setup. But I did feel bad for a lot of the people who came to the show and had a, a less than stellar experience, especially if this is your first E3. Like, there's something mythical about coming to E3 and having experienced that for my, you know, my first time at E3 being so crazy and awesome. I just, I'd like everyone to have a good experience. And I don't feel like this year was a great experience for any, for anyone on any side. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend it to a non-media attendee. Not Even before yeah. this year, I, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would, I would let them sort it out before, uh, they, they have some issues to, to figure out before it's going to be a good uh, experience for public attendees. Well, is that do you think that that is uh, a responsibility that at this point that is going to be on the E3 or is it going to be on the individual booths like Sony to figure out how do we manage? Well, they need to get direction. The E3 needs to figure out what they're doing mm -hmm. and then that needs to be better communicated down to each exhibitor who then take action on the direction from right. up top. Now, E3 could, e I mean, it would be great if E3 would come up with an app that would just collate all that for you and you could just uh, ask for appointments through a, a centralized mm -hmm. app. But mm -hmm. Yeah. If that'll happen, I don't know. But to end on a high note, okay. mm. because there are a lot of really great things about E3, what was your favorite either game or moment or something oh, from E3? This the guy week? crying during Mario plus Rabbit. It was so it was good. So great. Yeah. It was so sweet. It was just so heartfelt. It's definitely the most emotional thing that happened, I think, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I had I had a couple of weird little, like, chokey-uppy moments. Uh, chokey-uppy. Yeah, uh, seeing A Way Out. Be mm -hmm. Just because I loved Brothers so much that it immediately like, it was a very Pavlovian response where they were like, it's from the Brothers guy. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, in the, I had the exact same response to um, Ori and the Will of the Wisp. <laughs> you, I thought, were going to lose it. 
So those are things. You're losing it again. <laughs> already right, just thinking about it. So those are things I'm excited about moving along. Um, well, if anybody knows me, they know that I'm excited about it. Oh, look at him crying. He's so happy. Did you guys see what his team got him? What did his team got him? They sent him a shirt of the picture of him crying. <laughs> that says, don't cry, Ubisoft man. I sent it to Stab. I'll see Don't cry, Ubisoft up. man. That's so cute. Um, I don't know. I cried over a lot of things at C3. Actually, it was surprisingly only three things. I cried over Shadow of the Colossus. I cried you over... You did. There were tears. There were legit tears. Because it's one of my favorite games of all time. And the soundtrack is beautiful. And just the game is beautiful. Um, I cried over Kojima. Because that was an unexpected experience, um, and Anthony is actually releasing the video of it today. Really? Yeah. It's there's a. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I met Kojima at the. Uh, oh, don't party, cry, Ubisoft man. I. Uh, he's like one of oh, my. Did you fangirl out? No, I didn't. Did I, I was very respectful, okay, and I, I I met him. I said thank you for your work. I said that you are my hero, and then he walked away. I turned around and I clutched onto a pole and started sobbing. Oh. <laughs> I waited until I was clear. And then it was just like, because it's him and Miyamoto are like my two video game uh -huh. heroes. So crossed one off the list, and it was it was unexpected because Eddie was like, Mika, don't freak out. Kojima's behind you. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Don't um, look now. Like, don't look now. You would have had a great time at uh, RTX Australia. Yeah. We beamed him with a boomerang. We, oh we never what? hit him. We don't know no, that. No, it, it just went near him as far as we can tell. Y'all. He had a private foam. booth and it fell in there. It could have landed right on yeah. his noggin. We don't know. Y'all. I didn't throw it. I like that I have all these stories where I'm like, I didn't do it. <laughs> it wasn't me. No, it wasn't like you're just trouble adjacent. Definitely. Trouble adjacent. But then the, the third one was um, getting to experience Destiny 2 with Deej. He like yeah. took me to the bungee booth and I got to play the PC game and then we played Crucible together and it was like, it was just a really cool experience. And then he said that I made Warlocks proud and that's when I got choked up. Oh. <laughs> I got really choked up at that. How about you, Ryan? Uh... Damn it, I had something a second ago then I forgot what it was. Oh, you know what? The most interesting to me uh, in, you know, Obviously, we are a company very inspired by Microsoft in a lot of ways, so people may take this as fanboying in some way. But I was really just, from a technical aspect, interested to hear how many developers, even when we weren't on camera, were just talking about how whatever they're doing with the Xbox One X is streamlining and making their code more efficient across all the platforms. Yeah, they said the they said the no, I'm nerding out about it. They said the debugging tools on that platform were so robust that it was helping them isolate issues that were even affecting their uh, their PC builds yeah. and it was making everything nice. better. So I'm I'm really interested to see what that being available now to developers uh, leads to. Like yeah. a lot more efficient. I'm hoping that means a lot of indie titles like Seven Days to Die, things like that, that are, are now trying to work their way onto consoles come in a lot better prepared for mm -hmm. console launches. And, better optimized. And I, I want to highlight something you said. Like, mm -hmm. developers kept telling us that off camera. Yeah. Like, we were just talking, like, shooting the shit, asking whatever, and they kept saying, like, it wasn't just one or two. Yeah. It's like almost every person who was working on something on Xbox One X said that. Basically, awesome. really anybody that had been playing around with a dev kit was like, this thing's great for development. Yeah. That's cool. So, we'll see. I mean, you nerd. It's a nerd thing, but I, that's going to help so many other titles. Mm -hmm. Just stuff that is now making it to consoles that, like, any of those big like on PC Battlegrounds. things. Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. <laughs> Battlegrounds, <laughs> Seven Days to Die, Ark. All of those, well, at least Ark and Seven Days are the two that jump to mind because they both came to console icky. Mm. They did not come strong. They were like, eh, 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 struggling for life onto the console world. And I'm hoping that now having more powerful hardware and more robust debugging tools means that a lot of these transitions are made mm -hmm. easier. 
We also can't forget about the sweet sitar that was being played during the Sony uh, conference. Uh, there, that was a sweet sitar. And the waterfalls that they had going, you know? So, um, to, to speak to Battlegrounds again for a second. Oh, yeah, goodness, yeah. um, uh, they tweeted a graph this morning showing that uh, after they, they did a server-side update, and then after their update, they tweeted a graph of average frames per second on the client end. Mm -hmm. And the client end went up significantly. So if you look at the blue line, that's their average frames per wow. second on Whoa. the client end going up from just under 20 to about uh, 25, 26 or so. That's an so impressive it's gain. High FPS, average FPS, low FPS. I'll send this to broadcast in a second. Sweet gain. So they're though. they're making strides. The spike in lows is particularly yeah. uh, interesting as well. Yeah. So it's uh, they're they're making progress and it's uh, it'll get there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know um, uh, what other games are getting there, mm -hmm. or that are already mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. only just here, mm -hmm. is Arms. Yes. Oh, sweet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Creepin' Jack. Yeah. Uh, so ARMS came out uh, Friday, the day after E3. Oh, Did it work? Uh, too early. No, okay, do one more. There you go. <laughs> uh, so this is the new game, First, it's a new first party title from Nintendo for mm -hmm. the Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is their new entry into the fighting genre that's not Smash Brothers. Ooh. Proud of them, or Pokken. Or, or Pokemon Tournament. Yeah, they're actually, they're doing their work doing the getting into thing. the yeah. fighting genre, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but ARMS, uh, ARMS is a little bit non-traditional in that uh, it is a 3D arena, so different than Smash, more like uh, more like Pokemon Tournament. Uh, it's a 3D arena, but uh, also your arms are all detached and they go punch, punch. Unless did you, you twin did, tell did you your see, hair. Did you see the lore behind it that Nintendo released? No, yeah, the lore. Helix is like... Deep and messed oh up God. or Wait, something. Is is he looks the one that had the crush on Twintel? Did he? he was in like sixth grade or something? Yeah, it was really cute. All I know is that Nintendo's making these weird springy arm people freaky, and it's getting deep. Okay, I'm sorry. The springy arm people were already freaky. It's I true. just I like thinking they're adorable too. Can we like set up a switch and have a live round right now? Uh, Let's not go. right this. Let's we can fight. Do, we can do it after this for sure. 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 But uh, so the premise of the game. I guess is that it's a um, it's a fighting game. It takes place in different 3D arenas. Uh, it has motion controls that are optional. You don't have to use mm -hmm. motion controls, but there are some things that you can't actually do without motion controls. Such as uh, so uh, you can. If you have the motion controls, if you have the, the two Joy-Cons in your hand instead, you can actually spread your arms out and try and reach around a shield if someone is if someone is blocking or defending. Uh, and you have better control over where the punches go. Mm -hmm. So there are improvements if you're using motion control, but it's not mandatory. In fact, I played for a while without uh, motion controls last night, and it felt fine. It did feel like I was missing a little something, but if you want to be lazy and not be jumping around like a crazy person, you can totally do it. AKA non-pro. I, I feel yeah, like pros would play like if you, I feel like oh, this is actually going to start getting competitive, like Splatoon, and I feel like people will mostly play handheld or with a pro controller. If there's an advantage to not doing the pro controller, people will do it. True, you're like right. One you're person right. will do it with the handheld, and I'll have an advantage, and then everyone will be. So now we're just going to see a bunch of esports streamcasts of people going. We're going to see. Everyone's going to be. Everyone's they're going to have like giant ah. jacked arms. <laughs> or, or they're just going to have their elbows all wrapped up. Oh my god. The problem is. You don't, they, what they, it's, it's not a big problem. It's stupid. It's silly. But they haven't really made the motion controls work in such a way that you're like, I look badass. I'm not like MMA. Like, it's no, like, you look like a. No, <laughs> well, I mean, 
Sure, <laughs> sure, but also Arms. that might just be you, Ryan. Could be. Maybe <laughs> so, people can make Ryan, it look good. Ryan, do you good. Game, game like this with your tongue sticking out going, uh. I mean, when I'm playing Nintendo games that require motion controls, so here's, sure. Here's the big first question. Big first question about arms. Who's your main? Twintel. Mechanica. Not, here's my if big... it's not Mechanica, you're wrong. You play here's Mechanica? My yeah. big really? Mechanica's arms. so cute. Okay. Okay. Is it worth sixty dollars? Does no. it have no. enough content? No, not at all. It doesn't look no. like okay. it. No. I don't want to play so, this game. Okay, so maybe that's the real first question. Is, <laughs> is it worth it? Right now, I would say probably not, um, unless you are a, like an extreme enthusiast. Uh, there are what there's like eight, ten characters mm. to start off with. They're gonna add more. Uh, they're gonna add more arenas, more maps, more game types. For more free or for monthies? For free, and okay. that's the that's the distinguishing thing. So it's not worth sixty dollars right now, mm -hmm. but I think that like Splatoon, uh, it will get better with age. It will improve, and then it will be worth sixty. It's just not necessarily yet. If that makes sense. Also, the game. This is a, like this they is have a sweet game. This. this is a sweet trailer. Hold on. Oh, okay. This is an experience oh. trailer. You're gonna watch, and then you're gonna punch, punch, punch. I thought we were about to get the origin story of some of these arms people. Like all these guys are gonna walk into a room, and they're just gonna so lop their me, arms let, off. Let me no. Let me explain it to you. I, I found it. This oh, is what I was, this right. what I was gonna try to say earlier, but I couldn't find it. They're mecha people. So uh, uh, there was a Japanese social media campaign that has hinted at the story, and this is in the Kotaku review for arms. Mm -hmm. The story is literally, one day people just woke up with extendable spring arms. Nobody knows why. Some of those folks decided to use their arms to make money fighting. That is the bad story. How do we explain I mean, Twintel, though? Her arms are fine. It's just her hair. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not. All right. Look, in a I'm world where some people was... just woke up with spring arms, some people just woke up with spring hair. She okay. fell asleep in the salon. There you there go. You go. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense Absolutely. as much as any of the rest of it. I mean, the, the whole premise is ridiculous, but that's one of the things that Nintendo does so well is... <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah. I mean, if that's I'm the dying. Case, just, dying. how I'll come no one in second. the audience has spring arms? <coughs> Surely there are some people that chose not to weaponize them. Oh, maybe it's only some people woke up with spring arms? I don't know. There's so many questions. But no, also, in this. Everyone's spring arms are different. It's like Lost. They did imply in this, this trailer, if you take it as canon, that they can transform back to regular arms. Nintendo has come out and said they're hoping to provide more backstory for ARMS in future updates. So maybe that's some of the DLC? I mean, oh, look, story. that's cool, but I don't know why we need more backstory. Yeah. I mean, about, about some of the individual characters, sure, I like the cute little... Okay, you don't look like that playing this bits. game. No one looks like that playing this game. The game's producer even came out and said, uh, if you really want to know why they have stretchy ARM, the real answer is, because Nintendo? Yeah, that makes sense. There you it's, go. It's just, just fun. lean into that. I, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think I don't care too much about how or why they came to have springy arms. The point is, they got them now, and they're punching with them. And one of them has a robot doggo, and he's a police officer. Yes. And he, too, is a robot. So it's, I think it's Bark and Bite. Bark and Bite, yep. Fighting crime in a future time. Um, Twintel is an actress who is French. What was that? And then there's there's Mechanica, who's like the little girl who actually reminds me a lot of Boo remember, from Monsters Inc. Yeah. It, it was Cops, is what it was called. Yeah. What was? Cops. It was an old it's, it's animated like, show. Cops was like a date, I think. No, no, it was just cops fighting crime in a future time. Yeah. Yeah. They were like. It was like C O P S. Cops. It stood for something. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's not Genji. Right. Not the, yeah. There's like there's the, there's your ninja type. There's your um there's your uh lady your quickie lady with the ribbons who's basically Princess Peach but not mm -hmm. ribbon dancer sure. Uh and there's your you know there's so your your basic girl your basic dude and then you've got like the the ninja and you've got like the weird wacky Gumby man Helix. and you've got Helix yes and He's you've got 
like all these different types of characters and they're all so obviously they've all got different stats as well like mechanica is kind of a heavyweight she's a cute little girl who's a heavyweight because she's in a mech uh and like diva sure yeah mm. you have not genji you have not diva mm. is japan running out of stereotypes for fighting games hmm. never yeah we just repeated like six and that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day ryan all right fair but the point is it's fun Yes, it's not. It's, it's not, not sixty dollars. Yeah, I mean, yet. I just, I mean, I played this at RTX Sydney, and uh, I only played a couple of rounds. We had to use motion controls, and it wasn't the full game, obviously. And at the time, I thought I can't imagine playing motion controls for more than like one or two rounds because it, it, you you do get winded after a while. Sure. And it didn't seem like it was going to be robust enough. Like, is there? Talk to me about single player. Okay, so single player is limited. Uh, there is. Um, is, there's like a Grand Prix. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's ten um, matches and ten different levels of Grand Prix that you can do. Yeah, and, and apparently the uh, the final boss in the Grand Prix is going to be the first DLC character. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, so he's real sweet. So is that like Mario Kart thing? You just like yeah. compete against AI? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and it's so also kind of like player. Smash Brothers where it's difficulty one through ten, and that stays throughout the whole Grand Prix. So if you pick difficulty mm -hmm. five in the beginning, you're playing a difficulty five Grand Prix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it does occasionally mix it up. So normally they're just normal matches, but sometimes it might be against two opponents, uh, or and it's just like a, a three-person free-for-all. Or uh, you might uh, have one where the point is to break as many targets as possible, and whoever breaks more wins that match. Or it might be volleyball, where you don't, where you have to punch a ball and try and keep it in the air so it doesn't hit the ground on your side because then it'll explode and then. You don't lose, then you don't get points. Mika and Mika like does not like that mode. There's the camera is like right behind you, mm -hmm. and it's the worst. It does not move. You're just staring at ass the entire time, and Go it's on. just it's mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's it's so hard to hit the freaking ball. It's so stupid. I hate volleyball. I I do I think the camera on the volleyball is my least favorite mm -hmm. of the cameras. There's also basketball where you dunk each other. Oh, you dunk each other like yeah. you're the ball. The point is to the point is to, like grab the other person and dunk them, and that's how you get points. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then there are a couple of uh, like you can end up in two v two matches. The two v twos are quite fun. There's actually a tether between you and your partner. Oh. And so you can only be so far away from each other. And if you get knocked like all over the place, then it's going to drag your partner around as well. And they're not going to like you very much. Um, so they're like that scene from Gladiator. So there is a lot of variety. I'm looking forward to seeing new game types they come up with because I quite like the basketball. I think that's fun. Uh, I like the target practice one. There's also a uh, one versus 100 kind of mode where uh, you just have to try and defeat 100 opponents in a row. And they get increasingly difficult mm -hmm. as you go along. And they'll, they'll just like keep popping up through the level and you just have to keep punching them down. Uh, and so and that one's quite fun. I didn't get very far even on the easiest mode. So that's going to be a challenging <laughs> one. But also I suck at the game. Uh, but the real the real fun is actually the multi like playing a multiplayer. I played it online last night, and uh, on the one hand, I'm glad that Nintendo doesn't have voice support yet because <laughs> most of my personal commentary was, "Well, that's just embarrassing." <laughs> I thought you say you'd be swearing like a sailor. What is the uh, what is the teabag equivalent? Because every game has one. I'm using motion controls. <laughs> mm. um, I'm using tilt controls. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah I'm using tilt, tilt controls. controls. Uh, I didn't really see, I did, at least I didn't find options to talk in the game, but I did find if you like push one of the buttons, your little icon will like 
will like That's bounce and like rotate. It's always a taunt. I, no, I used to more as clapping. Mm, okay. It's like, yay! They probably thought you were mocking them. I mean, yeah. possibly. Because no one, no one claps for other people. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would take it as mocking. Yeah. Sure. So, um, what I did, uh, I was playing with, uh, was just random, random people from the community. I tweeted out, it's just like, add me to versus some people, and you know, I'm worried about going into the big, the big deep oh, ocean. the big scary world. So, um, I just created a lobby, and anyone could join it, and. Um, it was, the way it works is actually pretty cool because you can get a bunch of people in and it's just it's first to 20 points and you get a point for losing, you get three points for winning, and so uh, it'll randomly mix and match you in different game types, different modes against different people in the, in the overall pool. So you're almost never without a match to play and all the matches are happening simultaneously, but you're not you're not in all of them. You're just in your own match, doing your own thing, trying to earn your points. So it's kind of a cool way to keep it going. And then when you um, when you finish your match and you come back out to the lobby, you can see what everyone else is doing and who is currently winning in what type of game mode they're in. And your icons floating around, and then it'll float up to another person, and then they match up. Also, the music is fantastic. The music is great. So it's. Uh, a lot of it is very well thought out, and I think this, uh, I think ARMS has legs. Oh, God. Are we going to end on that note? <laughs> Bye, Ryan. <laughs> Bye. I think I'll wait until uh, the price comes down and they add some of this free content. Yeah, I, the price will come down? Um, I don't know if the price will come down, but at the very the least. Nintendo way. No, at, it's not. It, yeah, at the very least, I think if you're not determined to have it right now. If you are determined to have it right now, just know that it is light on content for now. Um, if you're not determined to have it for now, wait, there will be content that will make it worth it, I think. And there are some rewards for the early adoption, like as you, you earn those different points and then you're able to spend them on different punchy things. Yeah, but it's different, a weird different, like different, different punchy fists. It's a very weird gotcha system um, to get the gloves because I thought I was gonna go in with the money that I got and just pick a glove, but then it was like you had to do target practice and then you like open boxes and then it unlocked for not just the character that I picked. It is a little it's bit convoluted yeah. uh, in that the way so you you play these matches and you earn a point and then you store them up and then it will say uh, you need thirty points to unlock this type of this type of glove. You need this many to unlock this type of glove, and so on. So I think it was like 30, uh, and then it was 100 and 200. So it the the requirements do ramp up significantly mm -hmm. to get the better, more powerful gloves. But uh, then, yeah, it would put you into a, like a target practice thing. You have to try and punch down a bunch of targets, and then it would give you something based on how well you did in the mini game. So it's not a direct. Uh, oh, I want this glove for this character. I'm spending 30, 30 right. thumbs ups on it. It's it's still like a loot box. System. Yeah, yeah, it's still loot boxy. Question: Is there a microtransact around that? No, no, not from what I've okay, seen. Okay, so you can't buy the currency. I haven't seen anything like that in the game. As far as I understand, it's sixty dollars up front. Everything in the game is going to be available. Is, is included in that sixty dollars. Okay. Also, I didn't realize Including until I went DLC. into getting new gloves that gloves have elemental. Uh, yeah. abilities. I was playing against someone and like I was playing against another boo, I mean Mechanica, and <laughs> uh, and was getting my ass handed to me because they had these crazy 
gloves that I was like, why don't I have these gloves? They're electrified. They're mm -hmm. super sweet. And turns out that, yeah, there's, there's fire, there's ice, there's um, electricity. And then there's just physical, like, And then there's punchy punchings. Yeah. Are there, can you hot swap between gloves to counter? Between uh, matches. Not, yeah, between matches you can. During a match, you're committed to, you can have a different glove on your right and left hand. Can you see what they're doing going into the match with? Yes. And change your loadout? At that point, yes, you can. But then they'll change their loadout too, won't they? Yeah, I mean, you've got. That's part of it. You've yeah, like, but you can see, for example, I went into a match with another Mechanica, and I know that Mechanica's a little bit slower, um, can hover in the air, but is like overall not going to move as quickly as the other characters, and so I got two hammers. It was awesome. Like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> also, like um, one of the gloves that Twintel has is a parasol, and so if you have like one parasol, you can hover a little bit, and if you have two parasols in your hand and you jump, you can like fly around the map a little bit. How do you fight with a parasol? Smack them. Um, you punch with it. Ooh. There's also, uh, there are a lot of cool little things too, like you can actually, if you have heavier punchy gloves, you can, I'm using all the really correct Very terminology. Terms, there's there's probably someone at Nintendo that's just uh, that's cringing right now. Yeah, because I'm sure all of Nintendos are the biggest fans of Glitch, please. Uh, but um, you can parry, like if you see if you're fighting someone and they're punching something at you, you can actually like punch back at them. And if you have a heavier glove, it will knock, knock theirs out of the way, mm -hmm. which is great since I'm playing a heavier character. <laughs> and so yours you, win. Typically. If you have electric and it electrifies, if you mm -hmm. punch their glove, it'll put their thing, like their arm out of commission for a few seconds. Yeah, it'll, it'll like knock it down and then you have a chance. If you knock both their arms out of commission, you can do like critical hits. You can also build up, um, I call it yellow juice. Uh, by like by landing hits and stuff, and then when you uh, when you fill up your little triangle all the way, then you can unleash a super attack, uh, and you punch them a bunch of times in the face. Like a some kind of golden shower. Yes, okay. just like a golden shower. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so um, I I think that this I think it's a great start to the game. I think this could be a really awesome new franchise for them, unless it goes, you know, the way of I like I don't. I don't get the feel from this, like I got from Wii Sports, that it's a great pack-in, but I would never want to play this. I forgot Wii Sports existed. Mm. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people did. But, you know, that's because it, 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 yeah. felt, it felt kind of pack-in-y. Mm -hmm. You know, it felt like, here's a great tech demo, but it's not, like, I don't know that I care about it as a game specifically. Like 1-2-Switch. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which also cost. That was a bunch of tech demos. Yeah, which uh, was also sixty dollars. No, it was thirty, wasn't it? Um, no, it was it sixty? Fuck. It, it, it was forty or fifty. I don't think it was the full sixty. It would be really. faster. But we'll it was expensive. It was the. Uh, it was fifty when it first launched. Okay, so that's changed. Still, at all that's like twenty yeah. too. It's much. still fifty bucks right now. Yeah. yeah, which is just silly. But I would um, say it's thirty too much. Overall, good <laughs> game. If you're uh, if you're not obsessed with the idea of having it now, wait. Wait, some of the DLC will come out, there will be more to do, and then it will be more fun. Then you're also starting on a back foot, but if you're not playing to compete, then right. what you do you care? You won't be alone in that yeah. either. Yeah. yeah, there'll be yeah. plenty of people that are doing that. All right, so um, I think we're done for the day. We're good, because I'm hungry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go crawl under a desk somewhere and sleep. Yeah, cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> but uh, let us know what you thought of ARMS. Uh, in the comments, uh, if you liked this episode of Glitch, please, please give us a thumbs up on whatever video platform you're watching it on. Or if you're on iTunes, please leave us a nice review and let it, everyone know that you like the show. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Punch Me the Punchy Punchy Show. Bye. Bye, guys.